Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom, how's it going? Hi Ellen, so well. So well. Uh, today we are chatting about the film, The Philadelphia Story, starring Katherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart. And later we are going to go over the results of the book Boyfriend Bracket. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? What have I been reading? Well, because it was a movie week, I kind of, I'm reading a book, but I kind of am just kind of taking it slowly. I'm not pushing myself through it very fast. Uh So I'm... I'm the opposite of that this week. I know you are. (laughs) I'm only about halfway through the book, but I'm reading the, um, An Unexpected Peril, which is the sixth book in the Veronica Speedwell series, which is, I always keep calling it the Curious Beginning series, but that's not what it's called. (laughs) So, um, by Deanna Rayburn. So, uh, that's what I've been reading this week. But I'm not through it yet. Okay. Um, Watching. Have we been watching anything? We haven't watched anything because I've been off doing my thing. Yeah. Which is listening to a lot of books. Yeah. Super lame. Um, Yeah, we haven't been watching anything this week, I don't think. Other than this movie. Well, your dad and I have just been watching movies at night. Like old like random whatever's on whatever I see whatever. <laughs> whatever I see on HBO or yeah. whatever and so it's like hey I'll watch this you know The Legend of Zorro or <laughs> The Mask of Zorro or um, I don't know we watched, uh, watched a, yeah 21 Jump Street we just yeah. watch a lot of random movies that show up um so I listened to seven books this week oh my god <laughs> I'm in the middle of eight right now. Um, They're all books I've read already, though. They are. Most of them are books that I've read, too. There's only two books that I haven't read on this list. Um, So I did, uh, I guess, I mean, so I listened to all of these, but I'm going to say reread. I reread Hating Game. Here's my mini review for Hating Game. Um, I love that... They are very juvenile sometimes, but they have very rational arguments. And also, he's such a freaking... I love him I know. so much. And we're going to... He'll, he'll get some more mentions <laughs> later on in the episode. Um, and then I read 99% Mine, which was my first reread of this book. And especially reading it right after reading Hating Game, um... I, like, I'm so impressed because it's such a diversion from Hating Game, but I, I still love it. It's, like, yeah. a totally different book, but it's still so good. And um, and I think that's kind of what she was going for. I don't think she yeah. wanted to do another Hating Game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, the language in it is so visceral and stuff, and I he's just, he's, he's really swoony. And I love that he's kind of, like, this stoic sweetheart who has this kind of rough and dangerous side i think we even because we talked to her after 99 percent mine came out yeah and i think we even mentioned how we, we were impressed with how different it was and i think she even said that she wanted to go yeah, in a completely different was, direction yeah. um and then i started listening to the ravenel series at uh you know we talked about the ravenel series with listener jess last week yes and um she had mentioned that she just listened to them and um they're a very good audiobook. It's I think Mary Jane Wells is her name, um, who narrates all of them, and she does a really good job. Uh, I d- especially with historicals, I don't always love the narrate. It's always kind of like old sounding English yes. ladies who sound yes. really stuffy and um, kind and of- don't do good male voices and say weird things like nipple and and then you're like. Ugh. Yeah. It's like your grandma saying that. Yeah. It's, it's always kind of strange, but she's really good, and she doesn't have that kind Not of, my like, grandma. old stuffy. my grandma would be really old. <laughs> really old. Um, but, like, she, you know, she doesn't have that, like, kind of old stuffy quality to her. Um, so here's my little reviews for the Raven All series. Uh, Cold Hearted Rake. It's a great intro, but mainly it just makes me want to get to other couples that are going to be in the series. Um, Marrying Winterbourne. I think after listening to this whole series that Marrying Winterbourne is still my favorite. Well, I think it's like iconic from that series. I think it's yeah. like if anybody, oh, that's the series with Marrying Winterbourne in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, 
but it is also full of people giving her terrible advice because she oh, keeps no. like asking for like advice on what to do and everybody's like oh well you shouldn't tell him the truth and I'm like don't listen to them Helen <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I really I really like that one a lot and that one is fun because he's Welsh and so she does like I don't know it was just kind of fun to like get his Welsh accent her Welsh in there. Outfit. Um, then Devil in Spring, and I remember, and I might, we might have even said this on the podcast when this book has been brought up in the past, but it turns out that people who lived happy childhoods aren't as interesting to read about. I still like that one a lot, but I love, okay, for the record, I like all of these books quite a great deal, um, but just varying degrees of that, um... And I like this one, but this is the one that has St. Vincent and Evie's son. And it's like, it it proved to me, you know, That's we always the make... The one with Pandora. Yeah. And we always make the joke that like, oh, all these, you know, people who have all these tragic backstories and stuff. And it's like, turns out there's a reason for that because <laughs> um, it makes for a more interesting character. Um, well, it always makes them broody. Like, yeah. that guy is broody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Hello Stranger, which besides our first episode, our first episode is our most listened to episode, which really makes me mad because that is not... It's our worst. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we got better. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I swear we get better. Our, I think we did, but um, but Hello Stranger is our next most well, listened probably, to. And probably because it's a Julia Quinn book. No, Lisa Kleypas. No. I oh, mean, oh, oh, The yeah, first yeah, episode. Yeah, that could be. Um... Anyway, uh, I really like Hello Stranger a lot, and I think I kind of was harder on it in our episode. I have to go back and listen to that episode, because I don't remember anything that I said. Um, well, I remember I loved it, and, and you didn't love it as much. Yeah, I was kind of more of a stinker on it. Well, um, that's kind of your MO. That's true. Usually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. You I you usually, have to bring up all the bad stuff. I usually play bad cop. Um, that whole scene, though... Where West is giving blood, like they're yeah. doing the blood transfusion. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's. That's weird. where I fell in love with West. Yeah. And um. Okay, so let's. Okay, well, let me finish. So on Hello Stranger, I really love Ransom. He's like a sweetheart of a yes, spy, yes. of a you know hardened spy. Um, and, and that, that whole thing where he's following her all the time and trying yeah. to help her, and and him teaching her how <laughs> to, 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 to protect herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little hot and steamy Getting and aroused. Yeah. Um, and then Devil's Daughter, which is West's book. So for how much I loved West, I think his book is it's good, but it's not like yeah. one of my favorites. Agreed. Um and because I really love West throughout the series. He's like a really great character, but um I don't know. His book wasn't like my favorite. And now I'm reading Chasing Cassandra. Um, which is Tom Severin and Cassandra Cassandra. Ravenel's book. Um, So, yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Wow. No wonder I haven't seen you all week. Yeah. I've been just, like, locking myself in my room, (laughs) playing games on my phone and listening to... Well, and I'd say, she'd say, "Um, are we going to do anything tonight? And I was like, well, no, I don't have anything planned. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go listen to my book. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So that's what I've been up to. I've been really busy. Um, okay, today we are going to be talking about the Philadelphia story. It is um, a movie. Is it? Starring. It's a story. <laughs> it's, it's a story about Philadelphia. Um, no, it's a movie from 1940 starring uh, Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy James Stewart. I always call him Jimmy. but All of them looking gorgeous in this yeah, movie, Yeah, and really by the way. young. And, yeah. Um, it's kind of like younger than I'm used to seeing any of them. Um, so this is a description that I found on IMDb, which are all of theirs are just written by people. So we'll s- I've read it and it's like, okay. Are they written by people? Ellen, everything's well, written okay, by people. But like, they're like crowdsourced. So it's like any old person can write it. Got it. Um, okay. Philadelphia socialites Tracy Lord Hepburn and C.K. Dexter Haven. Grant, married impulsively with their marriage and subsequent divorce being equally passionate. They broke up when Dexter's drinking became excessive, it a mechanism to cope 
with Tracy's unforgiving manner to the imperfect imperfections, which Dexter admits he readily has. Two years after their breakup, Tracy is about to remarry, the ceremony to take place at the Lord Mansion. Tracy's bridegroom is Nouveau Riche, businessman and aspiring politician George Kitteridge, who is otherwise a rather ordinary man and who idolizes Tracy. The day before the wedding, three unexpected guests show up at the Lord Mansion. Macaulay Col- uh, Connor. Macaul- not Macaulay Culkin. I know, I started saying Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Macaulay Connor, Mike to his friends, Jimmy Stewart, um, Elizabeth Embry, the two who are friends of Tracy's absent brother, Junius, and Dexter himself. Dexter, an employee of the tabloid Spy Magazine, made a deal with its publisher and editor, Sidney Kidd, to get a story on Tracy's wedding, the wedding of the year, in return for Kidd not publishing a salacious story with accompanying photographs of Tracy's father, Seth Lord, with a New York showgirl named Tina Mara. In reality, Mike and Liz are the reporter and photographer, respectively, for Spy. Mike and Liz don't particularly like this assignment or working for Kidd, but they need to make a living as their chosen other field as serious writer and painter don't pay the bills. A suspicious Tracy is on to them, the entire truth which Dexter admits to her. Tracy decides to turn the tables on Mike and Liz. However, hours before the wedding, as the more self-assured Dexter and Liz get to work on how to get the Lords out from under spies' threats, Tracy and Mike, both inebriated, go on a journey of self-discovery, with Tracy ultimately coming to her realizations a little faster than Mike. That's, yeah, that's an okay description. A nutshell. It, it covers it, yeah. Um, so, Mom, what did you think of the Philadelphia story? I guess what's, like, your, have, have you, is this, like, a favorite of yours? I, I know it's not, but. I I really like this movie. I was telling, I don't know if you were in there when I was talking to your dad about it, but I'd se- I've seen the movie, but it was when I was much younger, and I don't think I appreciated because it's a very conversation-driven movie. Yeah. It's not... I mean, it's very... Well, it's very quick, and there's a lot of lines that could fly over your head if you are not paying, paying attention, attention or getting it or whatever. Which is very much Catherine Hepburn's... Yeah. Know, style. Style, And yes. Cary Grant's. And yes. Jimmy Stewart's. And Jimmy Stewart's. So, so it's... The writing is amazing, and um, the dialogue is amazing. Yeah. But it's a very dialogue-driven movie. So... Um, well, and it's a it's a play. It's, I, I can't remember if it was originally a play or it became a play. And it's very, because it's, it's very one play. set. Yes. It's, you know, and it's very dialogue driven, which is very play. Yeah. Like. But, um, but it's delightful. And it I think this time I picked up on more, understood more what was going on, paid attention more maybe. Yeah. <laughs> with, instead of when I had little kids running around. But um, I... Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think I thought the characters were all a lot of fun. There were some things that you wouldn't see in a movie yeah, we're nowadays. Gonna, we're going to talk about those. <laughs> um, yeah, this isn't like it's, you know, this isn't one that we've seen a hundred times. And which kind of part of why I wanted to do it. Um, and then, uh, so I, and I'm kind of similar. I kind of went through like a old Hollywood obsession when I was a teenager. Did you? Is that fair, I, I never is that fair to say? So I watched this when I was younger, um, but I think I was, like, too young to kind of, like, kind of what you're saying, to, like, follow along and... Because um, there's a lot of do- adult themes in it. I mean, yeah. it's fair to say. Um, but, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's a really fun movie, and um, speaking of which, Ellen, when she was younger, had black and white photos of yeah. headshots of all the old stars up on her. They weren't all headshots. There, I found this like Time magazine retrospective, and it was kind of like all these old black and white photos of, um, and they were all really cool pictures. And so, so she I, framed them and had I them on her wall. Framed them and had them on my wall, and that was it. What, was delightful. It was what my room looked like. Very Ellen, very old, old Hollywood. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this, I was thinking, um, and I don't know, this is probably part of the play aspect that I was talking about, but it feels very Shakespearean. It's very, like, comedy of errors, um, kind of twisty and turny. Yeah, and very, um, Pairings getting intermixed and... Yes. Kind of, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream-esque with all of that or kind of stuff. Or even Much Ado About Nothing, where it's like, I'm going to pretend like I'm with this, or I'm going to be with this person, but then at the end it switches. Yeah. And, yes, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, okay. What did you think of Tracy as our heroine? Um, I love Tracy. Well, I love Catherine Hepburn. Um, uh, which, okay, this is so tangential, but every time, so there was a time when my mom took me and my friends, like me and my college roommates out to dinner (laughs) and, um, there was some, there was some TV playing off in the background and it was a news thing or something. Yeah, and all of a sudden, my friend just says, um, the car's on fire. And she says it just like that. The car's and, on fire. And, we were, and first of all, we were like, what are you talking about? And why do you sound like Catherine Hepburn? <laughs> why do you sound like Catherine Hepburn? So every time I see a movie with Catherine Hepburn, I'm like, the car's on fire. The car's on fire. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to remind her of that because I'm going um, Yeah, Catherine Hepburn is fun in in everything but like she's really fun in this yes um and while i think she had i mean like she has some self-improvement to do for sure well at the beginning she seems like the perfect girl yeah i mean just the perfect little debutante but she's already been married so she's not a debutante but the perfect little rich girl high society yes. rich girl and but then as the movie goes on you realize she isn't and she's got stuff to and and i appreciate i appreciate that i i I think she has some self-improvement to do and i think you know that's the point of the movie is she she does it but i feel like she gets a thrashing that she doesn't really deserve while all the men around her get off the hook yes quite well and there were some things going on with the men around her that i was like really are we just gonna overlook this yeah (laughs) yeah i know um but yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. She wears gorgeous clothes, and um, her and Jimmy Stewart getting to be drunk was a <laughs> yes. lot of fun. Yes, Jimmy Stewart was especially funny. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because he he won the Oscar for this movie, and I'm pretty sure that he got his Oscar just because he's a fun drunk. Well. It was hilarious when he kept calling him by his full name, which yeah, I can't C- even remember. C.K. Dexter Haven. C.K. <laughs> Dexter Haven. Okay, well, let's, what did you think of C.K. Dexter Haven and Mike as our heroes? Well, okay, first of all, C.K. is, or Dexter, is um, Cary Grant. Yeah. Swagger to die for. Four days. <laughs> he's just so damn charming. Yes. Like, in everything he's in, but he's really handsome in this movie, and... Um, yeah, like, my, my dad was, because my dad was watching it with us, and he's like, he is, he's a damn handsome man. And I'm like, yeah, and, but it's not even that he's, like, so good looking, which he is, but he, it's just his, like, aura around well, him. Well, even, <laughs> tangential, also, also, but every week, my 92-year-old father comes over and watches movies with us, and he always yeah. wants, he wants to pull out of his hat, well, let's watch this movie, and it's, like, some random movie from <laughs> 1942. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And he, it's he just, always like, Grandpa, nobody has heard of that movie, so nobody is streaming so it. So it's or, not streaming anywhere. Yeah. Or, you, you know, I don't have it, it on DVD. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we watched To Catch a Thief not too long ago, which is Cary Grant, but quite a bit older than yeah. he is in this movie. And But still... Gosh, dang, so handsome. Yeah. And, um... I mean, he always... Yeah, he always was. But yeah. he's... He's he's very good looking in this one in particular, and I think it's just because he's a little bit younger. But, yeah. um, but he just is just charming to watch. Yeah, and you know, to a lesser degree, handsome wise, but I do think Jimmy Stewart's also he's very yes. he's very cute in this one, and um, I think that's he's got more of a cute vibe, too. and he's got more of a down home vibe. I mean, him yeah. and Cary Grant are perfect, not opposites of each other, but. Um, he has more points. Yes, because kind of they're both charming, but in completely different ways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Cary Grant's got the swagger, but Jimmy Stewart's got the um, kind of aw shucks-ness. Yeah. Um, and in the movie, you know, um, she used to be married to Cary Grant, and then she kind of has this, like, flirtmance with Jimmy Stewart's character that, you know, ends up not going anywhere, but destroys her engagement to a certain degree. There's other things, I think, that destroy her engagement. But um, but then she ends up remarrying Cary Grant, kind of like he set out to have that. Kind of wanted to be around in case this all could play out the way <laughs> yeah. he wanted. Yeah. Um, which is fun. It's very 1940s movie. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. So 
Um, the side characters, though, are really who steal oh my the gosh. show for me. I think Dana and Liz, Dinah and Liz Embry are, like, my favorite characters. Like, I kind of want to be Liz Embry when I grow up. She's, like, this, like, fast-talking, like, classy dame. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah that smart-alecky and, and yeah. snarky. Yeah. yeah, she was awesome. But Dinah is, like, my favorite character in the whole movie. She's just so quirky yeah. that I just like t- I love her she's, yeah, <laughs> she's awesome she's a really good like child actress um I'm gonna look up her name but um she uh she gets Virginia Wielder Weedler is who plays her um but yeah she's just a lot I love when she struts in the room like <laughs> she's pretty well when they first find out that they're reporters, but they don't know that they know they're reporters. Yeah. Is that fair to say? So they're kind of messing with them. Yeah. And so she comes in and she's, she's spouting French <laughs> and playing the piano and singing ditties. And she's just hilarious. Well, and just her whole, like, she loves Dexter and she's like, you know, and then when she finds, uh, when she sees uh, Tracy and Mike, you know, in flagrante, so to speak, <laughs> not really, but, and then she's like, I'm not gonna get in the middle of this, but I'm going but to. But this is what I saw. I had a dream. This was my dream. <laughs> she's like, that's crazy. I'm glad it's a dream because I would hate to have to say, make any objections at the wedding. Um, yeah, she was, she was a lot of fun. So I think, yeah, Dinah and Liz are my two favorites. And I, um, I like Liz's, she's just very cool, like, with, um, I like the conversation that she has with Cary Grant, where he's like, you know, why don't you marry him? And she says, well, I probably will. (laughs) He's not ready yet. He needs to learn some things. What if he falls in love with someone else? She's like, well, you know, as long as she follows through with her wedding the next day, then we're okay. (laughs) And I just thought that was cool. Um, and Uncle Willie, who's, like, grabbing, <laughs> glad-handing around. And Liz is like, oh, I thought I got pinched. I think you did, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, in, like, her, even her mom, I mean, yeah. you can tell. It's, that, that's why I say, like, I mean, every person that's in this gets a good line. Like, even the security guard that walks around. Well, and they always refer to the security guard, too, about yeah. how awesome he is. And yeah. It's pretty funny. Um... So, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about what does not age well here. Um, it's not feminist by any stretch, really. Uh, no. Well, the whole thing, because all these male characters are extremely flawed. Yeah. But the only one who has the need to change is her. Yeah, and she's the one that's getting called out, like, yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like, yeah, she can take some blame. But also, you know, because his whole thing is like, um, well, I drank more because you, I wasn't perfect enough for you. And it's like, okay, but you were drinking. To <laughs> you were a drunk. <laughs> and so she did have a little bit of a right to throw you out. Yeah. And, um, in Dinah's words, he socks her. Yeah. Um, which would not fly. In- no. And they never really let you know if that actually happened or not. Oh, but- it did. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that. So he did hit her. Yeah. And he was a drunk. Yeah. Her dad blames his affair on her yeah i mean the whole thing is like it's like all these flawed male characters but only katherine hepburn needs to change needs and to grow make up any self-improvement yeah I'm like okay i mean i think i think kind of what we're led to believe is that Cary Grant's cleaned himself up a bit. He said he went to rehab. Yeah, well, but... He, he didn't call it rehab, he, but... <laughs> yeah, what were they? It was like alcoholic sanitariums or, or something. Something, like, which something like that. Sounds horrible, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and so I think we're supposed to think that he's kind of recovered himself a bit. Um, but, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Yes. All the men are very flawed. Yeah. And don't get called out on it nearly as much as Katherine Hepburn does. Um, And I think, I mean, I think for us as uh, romance readers, especially, like, those of us who read historicals, this isn't such a foreign concept. But, like, the whole nouveau riche um, versus, like, class, like, the class of that time. Well, old money versus new money. Yeah, which I think... We get, because we read romance, and that's a very, like, prominent 
especially if you're reading like Gilded Age or anything okay. like that or industrial or whatever. Um, but I think like the Joe Schmo on the street, if he were to watch this movie today, I don't, I think all of that would completely would fly over up, his head. Pick up on it. The, um, but that whole thing when she breaks up with her fiance and he's like, you're kind is going out, you know, you guys are has-beens, you know, it's, yeah. it's people like me who are going to, up-and-comers that are going to... And, you know, he's right. And he's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I think old money is still... Well, and I don't think that they thing. had the, you know, because they didn't have the estate system and all that that they had in over in England, yeah. necessarily, yeah. but um, which that system went out and a lot of people lost their money that way, but... Um, so it was different over here in America. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I still think, you know, you can't just sit. Well, I think they started raising generations of people who didn't, you know, were just layabouts well, living off trust funds. And that doesn't last well, forever. I think that still is very much. <laughs> well, a it's, thing, though, absolutely. Exists. It's very much a thing that exists, but it's not like an old money thing because I think those people eventually kind of. Yeah, and I think they just live differently than they used to. Is kind of well, like I think of the movie Sabrina, where the one brother worked, where Harrison Ford worked really hard. <laughs> and Greg Kinnear shows, shows which did one not. you more. <laughs> yeah, which, well, let's see, Humphrey William Holden Bogart. and hum- Humphrey Bogart. So Humphrey Bogart worked real hard, and William Holden didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about what does age well in this movie, and for me, that is the dialogue. It like just. You don't see dialogue like this. And I think it's because it's not natural. Like, nobody is this, like, well, quick-witted and fiery. And- I think a lot of it, too, is in, in the era of the blockbuster, a movie like this wouldn't fly. You have to have explosions and yeah. superheroes. And-, and we've talked about that. Like, I think that's where Netflix is picking up yeah. these movies that are cheaper to make. That's where a lot of our streaming services are picking up the slack thank goodness but um but yeah there's this whole like like that whole (laughs) rhythm of like language the car's on fire fire. (laughs) um but that whole rhythm of language um that is so like prevalent in 1940s movies just i don't i don't like i always wonder was that how they talked in 1940s, or was that just how they talked in 1940s movies and radio I think teleplays? It was just in the movies. That's I know. That's kind of what I think too. Um, and so I think that's why it's not like that. Rapid fire isn't at. I mean, I, you get it in <laughs> Woody Allen movies, but we don't talk about him anymore. Um, <laughs> but he's very much his dialogue is kind of more like that too. Um, but. Yeah, the dialogue here is just a lot of fun. I wrote down a couple um, that I liked, but George says, but a man expects his wife to, she says, behave herself naturally. And he says, to behave herself naturally. (laughs) (laughs) And then C.K. Dexter Haven says, sometimes for your own sake, Red, I think you should have stuck to me longer. And she says, I thought it was for life, but the nice judge gave me a full pardon. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's just a lot of, very quick, you know, little throwaway. And you really have to pay attention to, to get them all and yeah. to appreciate them all. Yeah. Um, okay. I wrote down this. I was reading the Wikipedia page for this movie just to see if anything kind of interesting stuck out. And this one did. Um, on there it says, It is considered one of the best examples of a comedy of remarriage, a genre popular in the 1930s and 40s in which a couple divorce flirt with outsiders, and then remarry, a useful storytelling device at a time when the depiction of extramarital affairs was blocked by the production code. Um, so I think that's funny that that was... They couldn't show extramarital affairs? Well, her dad was having had an extramarital affair, yeah, which is... But what... it wasn't on screen, so no. thank goodness for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I want to see him. No, that's true. Um... <laughs> But I think it's kind of interesting, and there's a, I know there's a few things like this that became tropes by, you know, definition of what they could and couldn't, couldn't do in movies back then. Um, but um, it's kind of funny because I don't think this is a thing that has, I don't, I can't think of any modern examples of a couple divorcing and then getting back together. I don't know. There probably is, but... There probably is. 
I just can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it seems uh, like... Sweet Home Alabama. There you go, Ellen. Look at you. <laughs> but they don't fully divorce. Um, no, but they were essentially divorced. Yeah, it's true. Separated and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I because I was thinking when we were watching the movie, I'm like, oh, this was probably pretty scandalous for the time. Like, divorce, um, just to begin with, divorce, because um, I think that... Extramarital affairs. That alone was. Um, and kind of all this partner swapping, even though they don't really do anything, but... Well, but it's alluded to the fact that maybe something happened, but then nothing did. I mean, the people are alluding to the fact. We yeah. know it. He, did, he didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just think that that's kind of funny um, that that is... But in terms of, like, it's... Uh, its place in the pantheon of romantic comedies, um, it is not, a, like, if this would not be, I don't think, a romance novel. No. Because there's way too much, first of all, we tend to not like, you know, our, our main HEA couple to diverge too much from their intended path. Because she really doesn't do anything with Dexter much at all. Yeah. Until the very end. Yeah. She, I mean, they have some quibbles and some conversations. Back and forth conversations, yeah. But, you know, the only person she's actually really romantic with is Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the only one. I mean, I don't, do even we, more so than her fiance. <laughs> do we even, yeah, I know. Do we, do we even see Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn kiss at all? I don't think we do. Maybe at the end in the wedding. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. I know she, yeah. Like when he first proposes that they get married, she gets kind of touchy Close. with him. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And um, But I don't think any of that would fly for us romance readers in a romance novel. I could see it being like a women's fiction novel yes. and being classified that way. Um, but yeah, so kind of... Um, but it plays out fun on the screen. Yeah. And I do think that that kind of like the dialogue and it's, it's, it's very bantery, right? Yes. In terms of our rom-com pluses. Um, so I think that's kind of where it gets and just the, like I said, comedy of errors. It's, that's what, that's why it, it all feels very Shakespearean to me. Yeah. I keep going back to that. Well, and also the fact that were you to be watching this, you weren't sure who she was going to really end up with. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't be making a movie of it if she ended up with her fiancé, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I could see, um, like, for the time, watching this and being like, gee, I wonder who it's who it's going to be that she yeah. ends up with. Because cause... there's all these men involved. And... Yeah. Yeah. Very scandalous. Very yes. interesting. Um, okay. Let's sort of talk about sex baby um <laughs> it's there's none obviously it's a very mom-friendly movie <laughs> 1940s movie um but it is this is another thing where i was like oh that's kind of saucy for 1940 um there's a lot there's it's pretty innuendo laden yes, yes i would agree um and i thought that was that's kind of that was kind of fun. There was a couple lines where you're like, oh, really? Hey. Oh, hey, Cary Grant. <laughs> um, uh, just all that stuff. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, what was your swooniest moment or whatever, if, whatever, and your most fun moment or whatever you want to say? Well, I did love the two of them drunk. was too cute. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, that didn't. They're not our couple. Yes. Our, our end, our HEA couple. But they were, they were funny. And, um, I honestly, though, (laughs) Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart were fun drunk, but I think drunk Jimmy Stewart and sober Cary Grant were the most fun. (laughs) I would agree there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yes. And I liked the conversation with Liz and, and Cary Grant and, um, I mean, but I think swoony in terms of swooniest moment with the HEA couple, I, I really like when he kind of, when she's like, help me with telling these people that, you know, 
there's not going to be a wedding, and he's kind of feeding her lines to, like, get her to, like, orchestrate their wedding, which I thought was kind of fun. That was cute. That was cute. And how they just kind of throw together this slapdash wedding. Well, yeah, and where he's, like, saying, you know, I was supposed to get married two years ago, but we ran off and eloped. Yeah. So now we're going to give you the wedding that you deserve. Um, so I thought that was cute. That was cute. Um, okay, let's, we don't have, like, a ton of comments, but there's a couple that I thought I'd read. Um, Elizabeth said, I will never not laugh when Jimmy says, dost thou have a washroom <laughs> to the Quaker library? That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> the librarian who speaks in old English. Jimmy Stewart's reactions in that scene, and then Jimmy Stewart's reactions when Dinah shows up and is doing her whole thing. <laughs> His face in both those scenes is great, where he's just, like, so taken aback. <laughs> what and, is like, happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tracy says, love this and love the musical version, High Society, even more. Which I didn't realize that, I, I, I haven't seen High Society. I haven't either, and I did not realize it was a musical version of this movie. Yeah, I know. Maybe we'll have to check it out. We will. Um, because, you know, we like, we like a musical. We do like a musical. Um, Shelby says, one of my absolute favorites. I also love Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn's other pairings, bringing up Baby, which could... Totally be an ancestor of my favorite show, New Girl, and the underrated Holiday. I really love TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Um, Bringing Up Baby is another one that I watched, and I, th- I remember liking that. That's the one that's got the tiger in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember liking it, but it's another one that's it's been a long time since I've seen it. Maybe we, we should watch these when your dad comes over. and Yes. Um... We could add these to my list. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, yeah, we are always, because he comes over and, like, only watches movies, and so. Um, only watches old movies. Yes, exactly. So we're always looking for new movies to put in front of his face. Um, and then Amy said that, she, she said, I'm currently watching it for the first time. So she was, like, giving us live <laughs> live reactions um she says tracy's father just blamed her for his affair did i hear that correctly <laughs> um amy we had kind of a similar yeah. reaction like like I, are we just going to gloss over the fact that he cheated on his wife and, and now he's blaming his, his daughter, daughter somehow yeah. that's a bit twisted <laughs> she's like sure yeah okay um we'll sort of let that fly um yeah so those are the listener comments on this one uh, mom final thoughts um, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it was uh, one I liked, and I remembered that I enjoyed it, but I didn't really remember a lot about it, so it was fun to... It was a nice revisit. Rewatch it. And, and, like, revisit in a way where we had to pay attention and, yeah, like, get the most out of it, and, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I did, too. Um, okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on the Philadelphia story. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which, and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 12th, um, we will be chatting about The Heiress Hunt by Joanna Shoup, and that will actually be our 150th episode. What? We've done 150 of these. I've talked to you 150 times. <laughs> That's shocking. It's nuts. Um, for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be going over your picks for the book Boyfriend Bracket. So stay with us. Hi, I'm Morgan. And I'm Isabeau. And, and we're, we're Moments. Podcast that looks at the history of romance, desire, tropes, and convoluted orgasm metaphors by talking through the sexiest parts, weirdest parts, and in betweeniest parts of romance novels and the romance novel adjacent. Novels like Awaken My Love by Robin Schoen, Never Sweeter by Charlotte Stein, or Shana by Kathleen Woodowis. It's Shana! Shana, Shana, Shana. And Aisha at Last by Uzman Jaluludin. Join us next Wednesday on your favorite podcast app. And remember, loosen your stays, but never your principles.
Welcome back. So in our last episode, we went over our picks for the book Boyfriend Bracket, but the votes are in, and I now have the official results for the No Yomo Bracket. So we thought we'd go over those in an official capacity because I did already post them on the Facebook group. Um, But, you know, it is a podcast Facebook group, and so it feels like it's not official until... It's on the podcast. Until it's on the podcast. Um, so, for your guys' picks, um, first pairing was Joshua Templeman versus Tom Valeska. Joshua Templeman won with 88% of the votes oh. um, against Tom Valeska with just 12%. I, love Tom I really too. think, I mean, I mean, I love them both. Yeah. Obviously. And no spoilers, but, you know, it, it was inevitable, but. And I know that it's probably mean of me to put those two together, but I do feel like Tom Valeska maybe should have gotten a little bit more love because he's an animal. Well, I feel like Hating Game is almost an iconic romance book. Which is, like, when you think about that, that's crazy. Because it's not that old of a book. No, and it's crazy that it's just, like, already so beloved. But, um, yeah, it's nuts. Um, Okay, then... Next pairing was Leon Twomey from um, The Flat Share with Oliver Blackwood uh, from Boyfriend Material. Leon won 50.6% of the votes was a tight to 49.4. I think that's the one that I had to end up breaking because... It was Leon and who else? Uh, Oliver from Boyfriend Material. Ooh. Um, and it was tied for a really long time. And I think that that's the one that I ended up breaking. And I'm sorry if you guys disagree with how that that went, but it just, I needed official results and you guys weren't breaking that freaking Yeah, come on, you guys. (laughs) It's not our fault. Yeah. (laughs) Um, next we had Zafir and Sorry, uh, from Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and then Nico Manganiello. From uh, Friends Without Benefits. Can you guys tell that I don't have the names in front of me? <laughs> exactly. Um, so Zafir won that one 55% of the vote to 45%, um, which is fine. You, That's fine. Nico run, won ours. And he did. Um, and then we had Michael Fan from The Kiss Quotient versus Jonah from The Simple Wild. And Michael won 78 to 22%. Um, so there's that. Uh, then we had Josh M from Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating versus Gabriel Scott from Managed, which was the one that Mom and I have not read. Um, Josh M won that one 70% to 30%. Um, then we had August West from Longshot versus Aiden Graves from The Wall of Winnipeg and Me. Um Aiden Graves won that 66% to 34%. Um, I really feel like August should have had more percent. It's fine if he didn't win. (laughs) Well, I think Walla Winnipeg is another one that's just a huge fan favorite. Yeah, it is. And it is a very good book. And maybe that's one that I need to reread. But I freaking love Longshot and August. Um, Well, those those, um, slow burn... Mariana Zapata books yeah. are like 500 pages. Yeah, so it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to commit to a reread of those. Um, then we had Khalid from Aisha at Last and um, Cameron McGregor from Melt For You. For you. I always get... By J.T. Geisinger. Yes. Um, so Cameron McGregor won that one 65% to 35%. Um, then we have Nick Santiago. This is our Lucy Score matchup. Um, Nick Santiago from Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door versus Jake Weston from Rock Bottom Girl. Jake Weston won uh, 61%, uh, no, sorry, 70% to 30%. That's another one where I'm like, that is too much of a gap. <laughs> um, okay, our next bra- our next matchup is March from Spotless versus Reese from... A Court of Thorn and Roses, and other books in that series. Um, and Reese won that one 66% to 34%. It's another one where I think more people have read yeah. A Court of Thorn and Roses. That's a lot. I mean, a lot of these, I think, is just based on 
I haven't read the other one, so I'm going to pick this guy. How beloved the book <laughs> is. Um, then we had Mateo Cruz from Wolf Gone Wild versus Bones from the Night Huntress series. And Mateo won that one. And I think that's not one. Is the guy's one. name really Bones? Yeah. Because I can't, I keep thinking of the show Bones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that that one's another one where our group obviously just really loves Wolf Gone Wild. So he was going to get a lot of love. Um, then we have, we're entering our, our, uh, Winston matchups. Um, <laughs> we had Roscoe versus Billy Winston first up and Billy won that one 78% to 23%. Um, and then we had Bo versus Cletus. This one was, I think the most like, um, talked about matchup and it was, it went to Cletus with 55% versus 45%. But a lot of people were, you know, sharing my opinion that you love a Cletus, but maybe you want to date a bow more than a Cletus. So that was, there was a lot of talk about that on, on the group. Um, just, I just want to point out that back in the day, Remember back in the day when we used to go to movies and movie theaters? Do you remember remember, remember those days? That. I miss those days. Ellen and I would sit in the theater waiting for a movie to start, and we would play... Um, Mary Boff Kill. Mary Boff Kill. With, We'd with do Winston, Winston Brothers, Brothers edition. We would do Knitting in the City edition. Yeah. We would do, you know, Avengers edition. <laughs> so yeah. we'd played this game with a lot of... But I remember doing the Winston Brothers, and I think we had the same results that we got. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Billy came out on top. I think I think it was like Billy and Roscoe that kind of came, like always ended up on top for us. Yeah. Ooh, hey, yeah, hey, oh, gosh, I'm gonna sleep well there's, a, there's a dream. <laughs> Boy, we better move on. Um, okay, now we're entering our historical section. Um, so we have Sebastian St. Vincent. Uh, this is our Lisa Kleypas matchup. Sebastian St. Vincent versus Derek Craven uh, from Dreaming of You. Sorry, from Devil. Oh, Devil in Winter versus uh, and Dreaming of You. Gosh, you guys are really testing my knowledge of romance <laughs> titles. Um so Sebastian St. Vincent won that one with 67%. Speaking of, um, reading this Ravenel series with a lot of appearances from Sebastian St. Vincent and Evie uh, kind of makes me want to go back and reread that book. So that might happen as well. Um, next we had Jamie Frazier from Outlander versus Dazi from the Guernsey. But from the book, Guernsey Literary Potato, Potato Peel Pie, Pie Society. It's a long time. Um <laughs> Yeah, from the book, and uh, this one was another close one. It was Jamie with 51% to Dawsey's 49 I'm glad it was at least close. Yeah. Because um, I love me some Dawsey. Okay, but speaking of ones that should have been way closer, you guys, I'm really sad about this one. Um, it was Samuel Moore versus Reese Winterborn. Uh, Samuel Moore won with, or no, sorry, Reese Winterborn mm -hmm. won with 66% to 34%. Um like I said, I, I love Reese, but I really love Samuel Moore. Well, so. and I think it's another one, though, where I think more people have read yeah, Winterborn than they have but Rose you House. Guys, Samuel Moore Samuel is, Moore is a sweetheart. Yeah. Okay, um, and then finally for this round, we have Colin Bridgerton versus Wit. And um, Colin Bridgerton won with 78. Oh, Wit from Brazen and the Beast. Um, Colin Bridgerton won with 78% of the vote. Um, okay, so our next round, we have Joshua Templeman versus Leon Twomey. I'm not going to say books anymore because it's a lot. Um, and Joshua Templeman won with 87% of the vote to 13%. Can you see where this is going? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Zafir Ansari versus Michael Fan. Michael Fan won with 74% of the vote to Zafir's 26%. Josh M versus Aiden Graves. This one was closer. Josh M won with 56% of the vote. Um, then we had Cameron McGregor 
versus Jake Weston. Jake Weston won with 61% of the vote. Wow. Jake Weston lasted longer than I thought he was going to, and it was like, maybe I need to reread that one. You guys, I don't remember any books I read. I don't know if you have... I remember Jack Weston, where she throws up the first time she meets him, or she's... I mean, they went to school together, but when she oh, sees yeah. him again for the first time, she pukes. Yeah. And he has to hold her hair back or whatever. It's even with Hello Stranger, I'm like, oh, I could go back and listen to the podcast that we did because I don't remember a single thing I said on that podcast. So it's like I can disconnect myself from anything. You might have, you might feel completely different now than you did back then. Have you, this is so tangential, but have you ever thought about how like, maybe this is just me that thinks about this, but like. Probably. When you die. <laughs> when I die? <laughs> Like, well, personally, when I personally die. Okay. Yeah, when, you, when, you, when you're done crying your eyes out. Yes. Sure. But like, <laughs> I'll be able to go go reread a book that we talked about. Oh, that's kind of sweet, Ellen. And then listen to us talk about it. That's kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet, huh? And our posterity and, and you And you'll be like, oh, yeah. The kids are going to be like, oh, Grandma's talking dirty about dirty books. <laughs> Grandma's talking about... <laughs> Come tasting like peaches. <laughs> <laughs> That's great grandma for you. <laughs> oh, grandma. <laughs> yeah, don't let my grandkids go. <laughs> They're going to. Uh, I, I think we should post, like, because there's ancestry websites and stuff. No, gosh. <laughs> where you post the memories of your ancestors. Uh, that's okay. And I think when you die, I'm going to post the podcast on, on there. Well, it's okay with some. But don't just go willy-nilly. <laughs> okay, that was tangential. I've forgotten what we were doing. Okay, now, then we had um, Reese from Court and Thorn Roses versus Mateo Cruz from Wolf Gone Wild. And Reese, this was another fairly close one. Reese won with 52%. Mm, that would be a hard one for me. I think I would go with Mateo. I, well, I think we did go with Mateo. Yeah, but we we, we didn't have, we like, had Reese didn't win his, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then we had our final Winston matchup. We had Billy Winston versus Cletus Winston. This one went differently than it did for us. Um, it was, uh, Cletus won with 58% of Oh, that was close. Yeah, it was fairly close, but also maybe not as close as I thought it would be. Um, then in our historical round, uh, we have, uh... Sebastian St. Vincent versus Jamie Fraser. This one is not as close as I would have thought it was would be either. This one was Sebastian St. Vincent with 76% wow. of the vote. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we have Reese Winterborne versus Colin Bridgerton. Colin took it with 70% of the vote. You just, you know, Bridgertons are hot right now. Yeah. You they can't. Are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they ever? <laughs> Um, okay, and so now we're into the Elite Eight round. Um, we have Joshua Templeman versus Michael Fan. Joshua Templeman took it, but with 58% of the vote. So he's oh, losing his, you know... His edge over his everybody. Edge a little bit, yeah. Um, then we have Josh M. versus Jake Weston. Josh M. took it with 59% of the vote. Um, then we have Reese from Court of Thorn and Roses against our Cletus Winston... Um, we have a lot of Penny Reed fans in our group, so Cletus Winston took that one with 75% of the vote. Weirdly enough. Yep. And then we have, uh, Sebastian St. Vincent against Colin Bridgerton. Uh, this one's pretty freaking close. Colin Bridgerton took it with 51% Ooh. of the vote. So, uh, that one was, was pretty close. Okay. And then our final four. To remind you, are Joshua Templeman, Josh M., Cletus Winston, and Colin Bridgerton. Those are our top four book boyfriends. So we had Joshua Templeman versus Josh M., Battle of the Joshes. <laughs> um, and Joshua Templeman took that one with 79% of the vote. Then we have Cletus Winston versus Colin Bridgerton, our oh lovable, my gosh. lovable goofballs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Who are very food-centric. She's my favorite child. Um, and Cletus Winston took that one with 56% of the vote. So, our final two came down to Joshua Templeman versus Cletus Winston. And the winner was 
Joshua Templeman with 74% of the vote. Um, yeah, Joshua Templeman. He won, he won ours as well. Yeah, he did. Um, and I don't know. There's just, and I went, even just rereading that book, he is, and I think as romance readers, we just love a love struck, um, cause he really is that, you know, and, um, and it's unrequited for a while, yeah, and... which we, we also love that. Um, so yeah, so Joshua Templeman takes it. Um, and I'm not surprised because I figured when I was, when I got the nominations from everybody, like Joshua Templeman was mentioned more than like everybody who listed nominations, he was always listed. Um, so I figured he, he had it, you know pretty solidly locked down. So. so Sally Thorne, thanks for giving us the love of our lives. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a good one. And I can't wait for that movie so I can like see him. Yeah, have a face to go with. Well, in the flesh. I mean, I've got a face to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I, I, you know, I'm excited for that movie just because I think it'll be, it's, it's so ripe for being adapted into a movie. Absolutely. It's already there. Um, okay, so thanks, you guys, so much for, like, participating in our March Madness bracket. All our crazy stuff we do. Yeah, um, and I always like doing those. Uh, I was kind of late to it this year, so I appreciate you guys sticking with me. We've had quite a few people join the Facebook group lately. We have. And so you guys need to jump on that bandwagon because it's a good time. Yeah, we have fun. Um, okay, so thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on April 12th for The Heiress Hunt by Joanna Shoup, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're so welcome, Ellen. Hey, I'll see you next time. Yeah, you will. Or probably before. Probably. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.